Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Holiday Mascot. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Well, it's that special time of year, Mark. The time when it's not any holiday at all. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. August. Come, sit on my very sweaty knee. It's warm out. Why am I wearing wool? Before I pass out, tell me what you want in several months. I, the reason why I picked this. <laughs> I was so curious as to why you picked this. Yeah, I picked it because, you know, a lot of time right before I love the inside baseball stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. our listeners do, too. We're having a discussion and Ken was like, all right, I want he, every time we go to record, Ken's like, here's a topic for you. He throws it out there. Sometimes we use it. Sometimes we forget about it. And either one could be for the best. But he mm-hmm. was like, I want you to do Waffle House or Cracker Barrel. This was mere seconds ago. Yes. And you're, you know, he, he said we recorded at the Cracker Barrel because there's one out here. But, you know, you pointed out, shouldn't we record this on a neutral ground and go to IHOP? Yeah. And what's great about that is the reason why I picked this topic, which was suggested by Jordan Sam in our Facebook group. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Is we're on neutral ground right now. We are, yeah, we are in that that chunk of time where there's no holiday looming. That's right. So we're far enough from everything that we can at least say we're on neutral ground, even if there are some mascots that are a little bit bigger than others. Even if I did say just last week, Mm -hmm. guest appear on a Christmas in July episode of a podcast. That doesn't count. Christmas in July doesn't count. No. Right? Is that what we're saying? Prime Day is Christmas in July, really. It's getting a sale. (laughs) That's really like Christmas in July is when something good happens another time of year. I get it. It's Christmas in July. We're we're celebrating. Christmas in July is for people who love Christmas and don't want it to happen just once a year. Mm -hmm. So Christmas in July, well, like I've seen bars throw Christmas in July parties. For It's one of those things that feels... I don't know. You mentioned Prime Day. For some reason, Christmas in July to me feels untainted by any economic pressures. Like really? nobody buys nobody buys people Christmas in July presents, do they? No, you might I didn't know start... there was a connection between Prime and Christmas in July. I thought I Christmas mean, in July was simply a tongue-in-cheek, kitschy thing that bars or restaurants or community centers or individual groups do for fun just because it's silly and over the top. It is. The Prime Day is really Amazon's taking another bite of the apple, saying, okay, well, yeah. there's Black Friday, there's Cyber Monday, there's Green Tuesday. Those all happen right after Thanksgiving. We're already yeah. in the heat of holiday season. There are people who will either be shopping now or start thinking about those lists, or they'll start saving to spend on it later. Either yeah. way, having a sale, a huge sale, in the middle of July sort of allows Amazon to stake out its territory. And everybody else, of course, has a sale around it as well. But it, it, it my interpretation of it, it is just more capitalism thrown yeah. your way of taking another bite out of the apple. I don't have a judgment on, on it either way, particularly. I like a deal. Yeah. Do you know how I found out it was Prime Day when it was Prime Day? How'd you find out? I have an Amazon grocery store in my neighborhood. Yes. And I literally went into the grocery store to buy a couple of things. I think I needed like eggs and dish soap. And that was it. And I walk in there and it was like walking into Walmart at 5 a.m. on Black Friday. People are running around stomping on each other for box fans. It was a madhouse in there. I walked in the door. I took one look around and I turned right back around and I walked out and I went to the Ralphs down the street. It occurs to me that I, I also have an Amazon store in my neighborhood. I love mm-hmm. it. It is around the corner. You've been there with me. We have walked from it to my I home. Am. To that de- delicious deli and to the Amazon the, store. The deli. Yeah, it's beautiful. So recently, in the last few weeks, I went there. I was like, oh, I need to grab something middle of the day. Something similar yeah. to you. Something for the house. Something small. And the parking lot was unnavigable. You could not make your way around. I don't know if that's a word or not, but you know what I'm saying. Sure. The parking lot turned into a Trader every Trader Joe's parking lot. Just nowhere mm-hmm. to go, nowhere to park. 
entirely populated with Priuses. Uh, Priuses everywhere. I did once go to a, I once went to a Trader Joe's in Silver Lake mm-hmm. and looked around the parking lot. There was one car in the lot that was not a Prius. This was like a decade ago yeah. when the Prius was, now it would be Tesla's, I guess, but this right. was in the era of the, let's all get a Prius. Right. Anyway. Was it a Yaris? Was the, was the one car a Yaris yeah. that was up on Prius, block? Prius, 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 Yaris, Yaris, Prius, Prius, Yaris. That's the new on blocks. Duck, duck yeah. You were saying though. But anyway, we're, we're on a neutral ground for holidays. So I thought it'd be mm-hmm. fun to look at these holiday mascots. There's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's one who sits literally on top of them all because he lives in the North Pole. But we're not going to talk about Santa just yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. I think, gotcha. I just wasn't I wasn't sure. Who I you know meant. you weren't clear as to who it could possibly yeah. be. But I thought we would talk about a few other of the heavy hitters. Sure. When it comes to holiday mascots. Would you like to go through the year? I will propose a way for us mm. to structure this Go ahead. because we know there is one big gun that is boss level at the end. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have to get to the boss level. And we know that that happens on December 25th. Why don't we go chronologically through the year? We will start with baby new year and mm-hmm. we will make our way back around to December and we will see who goes to battle against the big man. Yes, and there are going to be a lot of regionally specific mm-hmm. mascots who, some of whom we'll discuss, some of whom we won't. Yeah, uh, and that is okay. Some of them are, uh, you know, there's one that's going to come up. I think immediately after Baby New Year, who yeah. five days later? Uh, no, that's not the. It's not who I'm thinking of, but it's someone who's about a month later who sure. lives in one region but is known throughout at least our entire country. And sure. we're Americans, so there's always going to be – we'll always do our best to include everything that we can, but ultimately this is where we're from. And our decision, as any decision maker would be, as much as they try to be neutral, sure. the, there are certain things that you know better than others that you feel more qualified to speak on, and those things tend to get a little further. And that is why you love and hate us. Might you be talking about a particular rodent from your home state of Pennsylvania? No spoilers. Let's start with that baby. (laughs) All right. The New Year's baby. That's our first mascot. New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. I kind of love the the whole New Year's baby thing. He's born. He has the top hat in the Rankin-Bass version. He has great big ears. Mm -hmm. And that's what he gets self-conscious about because it's Rankin Bass. They made Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Hermie the Dentist. They always have to have some sort of outlandish trait that the character does not like about themselves that causes them to run away. That, in that particular case, is Baby New Year's ears. But the big thing about Baby New Year is he's born on January 1st, a baby. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then he is an old man who dies on December 31st. Yes. Tragic story every year. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about some of the years we've had recently, yeah. their one shot at existing for a year <laughs> encompasses oh. a lot of terrible stuff. And every year has that. It does feel, I'm sure a lot of us are feeling the fatigue and depression and anxiety that we're not even dealing with of the last several years. Imagine if you didn't have any more, year, like you knew December 31st, that's it. Yeah. The new baby's coming. You got to go turn to dust or whatever the, you know, you know, they die. They might ascend and become a being of pure light. Yeah, they might. That, exactly. They might. They might just vanish. They might walk into a mist and we don't know what's on the other side of that mist. They might walk into a cornfield. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's a particularly good baseball player. Baby New Year hits his prime, maybe March, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I like baby new year. Baby new year is a uh, baby new year is a lot of fun. Yeah. But not like it doesn't have any cool powers or anything. Isn't no. like it's really no. just a baby. It's just a baby whose life goes very quickly. And back to your thought, the baby yeah. I feel the worst for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be 2020 because there was a hit song called F 2020. Like if you were baby new year from that year. Yeah. Like, hey. You know, and a lot of expectation too. Like I know for me, I hated 2019. I can't mm-hmm. remember why anymore, but it just felt like a really <laughs> bad year. And I was like, sure. 2020 for a lot of people, 2020 was going to be the year that things turned around, that things got better. Yeah. I had started one of my like self improvement things was I never post on Instagram and mm-hmm. not coincidentally at all. I've always been really bad at taking photos of things like to build that photographic bank of memories i can look through later so what i'm going to do is i'm going to challenge myself to post on instagram 
every single day. And I think you can see outside of a trip in 2021 when that right. stopped. And you'll see that it lines up pretty well yeah. with, with everything kind of breaking down. So that, like that baby had a ton of pressure on it just yeah. coming out of the celestial womb. 2021, that baby, I don't feel like had any pressure on it. It was like, I can be just as bad as last year and people will still not think I'm as bad as 2020. And then it got worse. <laughs> and then it got worse. Yeah. It had a rough toddlerhood. Sure. I don't think it's going to be baby new year. Let's yeah. not talk about uh, the, the sad elements of uh, the world anymore. Let's talk about holidays. Yeah. So let's jump ahead a week. Okay. And let's talk about La Befana. Okay. La Befana is in Italy. We're going to do a couple of uh, international ones because we found some pretty fun international ones along the way. La Befana is an Italian woman who rides a broomstick and she will, much like Santa Claus, come down the chimney, leave either a sock full of candy or a lump of coal. Now, in the United States, we used to do this actually uh, Catholic population. I don't know if uh, other people did it, but Epiphany is January 6th, supposedly the day that the wise men came. Uh -huh. And we would set our shoes out at school. And uh, then we would come out and there would be treats in our shoes. Uh, so that's La Bafana. <laughs> what I like about La Bafana is unlike a lot of witches who ride brooms, she actually mm -hmm. uses hers as a broom as well because she cleans up after herself when she leaves. <laughs> yeah, which takes this broom, really she sweeps up and then flies off into the night to go to the next house. Yeah. That is a conscientious holiday mascot right yeah. there saying, I'm so sorry. I might have made a sooty mess as I came down the chimney. So let me just sweep this up. Kids who are upstairs, they're like they hear like a creaking down, and they hear like, "That's better." It's a lot of fun. I so clean, and then she takes off into the night. Do you think she just cleans up where she was, or do you think she sweeps yeah. the whole place? She I mean, just sweeps no, like to cover her tracks. She sweeps the floor. I think she cleans. I think she probably just starts out doing her place, but if uh, the area where she was, but if she sees like a hairball yeah. or like, like a <sighs> dust bunny, she I already have the broom out. Yes. I might as well. Clearly, they're she not taking as it. good a care of it as Anal I would. retentive. Yes. She's yeah. super, <laughs> super neat of it. It has to be a, a very nice and clean. And she that must drive her crazy, though, mm -hmm. as she goes from house to house. Yeah. The, no house is going to be clean enough for La Bifana. No. It's never up to her standards. Yeah. She, she should have a small L for cat that has pine salt that pours Ooh. on the floors. Or one yeah. with, like, a carpet fresh. Because, you know, they're all sorts yeah, like of different floors. What do you do? What, what does she do when she shows up in a place with shag carpeting? That broom is useless. Oh, there's uh, there's uh, La Bifana's sidekick, Hoover, who oh, shows okay. up on a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Don't worry. Yeah. Hoover, where have you been? I've been trying to sweep this rug for a while. Yeah. Not going to beat Santa. No, La Bifana's not going to beat Santa. Let's jump ahead a month. To yes. February 2nd, to yes. your home state of Pennsylvania, Hal. Yes. Tell us about Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney Phil is uh, the name for a line of groundhogs who is part of an elaborate ceremony and is supposed to be mm -hmm. the prognosticator of weather. So they knock on his little door and he shows up. The idea being he pops out of his little hole and if he stays and is not frightened away, then winter will end. But if he's frightened by a shadow and retreats, it's six more weeks of winter. So Did he's you just supposed mansplain to tell... Groundhog Day to me, Hal? I was just explaining for anyone who doesn't know how Groundhog Day works. That's fair. Anyone who doesn't know the true meaning of Groundhog Day is forced to live it over and over and over again. Correct. And yes, I realize that all we do on this show is mansplain stuff to each other. Mark, but we're two dudes, true. so do what they... What we actually do is we debate things. Um, actually, oh, I hate oh us right gosh. now. No, that, too. I'm so mad at us. The funny thing is, is, is that he's not like super accurate as a prognosis. I think he's maybe no. like 50, 50, maybe 60% of the time he gets it right. At, at the end of the day, he's a groundhog who's probably terrified at the number of people who've showed up because he yeah. just wants to do it, live his groundhog life and burrow and, and maybe make more groundhogs or eat. Yeah. Whatever, Eat, whatever make more groundhogs do. and sleep. That feels yes. like his list. Like, I don't think that when a groundhog is born that they're like, I'm going to dethrone the current Punxsutawney Phil and I'm going to be the weather reporter for this town. One day I will be Phil. He thinks he knows the weather, but I know the truth. He's I've a got this pinky finger. When I take my place in that fake stump, I will show the world what a true wizard can do. Aloha, Mora. 
Um, oh, oh my goodness. By the way, uh, I would also like to shout out. I know Punxsutawney Phil is the most famous of them, mm-hmm. but we also have Balzac, Billy, Buckeye, Chuck, Fred Lemarmotte, General Beauregard, Lee, Milltown Mel, Gus the Groundhog, Staten Island, Chuck, the official groundhog of New York City, Stormy <laughs> Marmot, technically not a groundhog, I guess, because it's a marmot, right? Is that oh, a rodent, rodent like? Yeah. And We Art and Willie. The official groundhog of We Art in Ontario, Canada, but the most famous, of course, is Punk's Tawny Phil. Yeah, basically, it's a series of animals that can and often do carry rabies who are going to tell you how often you should be wearing a jacket for the next several weeks. Ooh, should he go to the finals against Santa then? Because he has the power of rabies. Probably not. That's fair. Santa's beard is there all the time. Their beards are only there when they have rabies. Um, let's jump ahead then yeah. to just about, uh, 12 days later to Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Valentine's Day, we actually have two mascots mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day. We have an actual saint and yeah. an ancient Greek god. It's a very religious, uh, based. We've got, of course, Cupid and Saint Valentine. Saint Valentine, I know absolutely nothing about. That's because St. Valentine is the person for whom the day is named. It's St. Valentine's Day. I wouldn't consider mm-hmm. St. Valentine to be the mascot. I would consider no, Cupid I would say to be Cupid. the mascot. Yeah, Cupid's the mascot. Cupid is the child of Venus or Aphrodite, depending on which canon of gods you are looking at. Mm-hmm. So Cupid is definitely Roman, so it would be the son of Venus. Venus. Yes, right. has the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. That it can use to make people fall in love with one another. And I believe it was used like sort of mirthfully, like not like two people who aren't meant for one another and just need that push. It's more yep. like in love, in love. Yeah. Hey, you two. I feel like Cupid was had a little bit more puck in him than we normally think about him having. You know what I mean? There's a little mischief yeah. in there. Yeah. And he was doing the bidding of the gods who wanted mm-hmm. to cause some mischief like. I mean, half the time, I think it was probably Apollo going, uh, hey, uh, this, uh, this one object of my eye does not want me. Cupid, get over here. Fix that. Like, whoa, easy. Cupid is the roofies of holiday mascots. <laughs> yeah, really. Is, and isn't it crazy how much those ancient pantheons of gods at best were indifferent to and at worst hated human beings? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, there's some, rough stories in there i mean this baby has more powers than new year's baby sure but we can see that absolute power corrupts absolutely so do not take a baby and put wings on the baby and give the mm-hmm. baby a bow and arrow and have that bow and arrow be imbued with the power to make people fall in love i don't think cupid is a baby is cupid oh, cupid is just wearing a diapery kind of thing so we assume he's a baby and he's always depicted little he's like a full-size god isn't he I mean, not seven foot. I think a demi, uh, uh, I mean, I guess he's a guy. It's not really. Wait, do you think demigod means just a tiny god? I think demigod is, uh, is a god that was married to Bruce Willis. <laughs> but yeah, demigods are like partial, like Hercules is a demigod. Yeah. Although Hercules. We got to do that episode, by the way. Best, uh, best demi, demigod, demi Lovato, demi more. Demi more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Right. But I think Cupid is a demigod. I think Cupid might have. A, uh, apparent, no, God, full God, God of desire, erotic love, attraction, and affection. So, but like, you don't look at this and go, if this is not a baby, it's like the E-Trade baby. Which is like, like at night goes to cribs, like, so I fired an arrow at a couple people and made them fall in love today. And uh, like, just creepy. If you look at any of these paintings and they just talk to you with like John Hamm's voice, you would, you would be crying and run as fast as you could. Didn't Kevin Pollock play Cupid in, uh, was it the Santa Claus movies? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Call him up. Let's get him back on here. Get him back on. It is Thirstain. Oh my God. For that deep down body thirst. All right. Let's jump ahead. Yeah. Cupid might be a contender against Santa. He is a god after all. Creepy baby though. Creepy, creepy baby. All right, let's do one more real quick, and then we'll uh-huh. take a little ad break. And Because sure. this is one of the big ones that we've got up next. After, of course, February and the winter time, what comes next, Hal, but the springtime? And what mm. is the symbol of the springtime? A bunny. Oh, yeah. A mammal that inexplicably brings eggs, and nobody knows what he looks like. 
because there are the scariest depictions. I think of all of the different mascots for the different holidays, Mm -hmm. kids have sat on the lap of this particular holiday mascot in more terrifying photos than any other character. It takes a long time, and it took a long time for that costume technology to really get good. I mean, look at the original walk-around characters from Disneyland. Sure. They are a horror film. Like, Five Nights at Freddy's looks like Chuck E. Cheese, like proper Chuck E. Cheese by comparison. Like They look like, oh, like so kind and welcoming. Like somebody painted the three little pigs on a burlap sack and just pulled it over someone's head and told them to dance around. Yeah. Yeah. So every one of those Easter bunnies looks like they're carrying a, a knife. Like a they all look like Donnie Darko. Yes, there is a big yeah. Donnie Darko energy happening there. And it's yeah. weird, like a rabbit is, uh, it feels kind of bizarre. It's a uh, biological aberration, a bunny rabbit giving out eggs. Is he dropping the eggs? Is he gathering the eggs from the Easter chicken? Well, I mean, apparently he's like he lays those chocolate eggs, doesn't he? I don't know, man. He's a bunny. And then Cadbury makes it even worse with that commercial, and they got a bunny sitting there going, buck, 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 buck. sounded <laughs> like a chicken. Yeah, well, it really messes with you. By the way, it's uh, Easter Bunny you, first came to our country from German immigrants. So they okay. came into Pennsylvania. They settled there, Pennsylvania Dutch country, of course. Did you just roll your eyes? No, I accidentally knocked a water okay. bottle off. Of I head. thought you were like, here yes. he goes in Pennsylvania again. Everything goes. No. The groundhogs in Pennsylvania. The Easter Buddies from Pennsylvania. No, but Ken rolled his eyes. <laughs> Good. We can't hear him, so that doesn't yeah. count. Uh, so they, right. they transported the tradition of an egg-laying hare called Osterhaus mm-hmm. or, or Osterhaus. So it is German in origin. It seems like only Germans would be like, then the rabbit comes and he gives you an egg. Yeah, this operation gives you an egg from his from his bunny body. Now we will what all look happening? at the at the fireplace and sigh. <laughs> is that what you do in Germany on a holiday? You just look at a fireplace and sigh. Yes. Oh, we long for sad. a day of happiness that we never actually lived. Happy Easter, Easter la vista, baby. Nope. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. In the meantime, let's hear about some of the other great shows on the Maximum Fun Network and some of the great sponsors of this podcast. You sit in the corner, Hal, and you think about what you just said. Goodbye. This episode of We Got This is brought to you in part by Trade Coffee. Mark, you're the coffee drinker of the two of us. You took I am. the quiz. I took the quiz. The what was that process like, and were you surprised by the results you got? It was super easy. You know, what's funny. I was not surprised by the results I got because I am a coffee drinker. I like coffee and I know what I like. And as soon as I told them what I like, the surprise was in how much I enjoyed the various flavors that I received. There was no surprise in that I said that I use a Keurig with a reusable pod. They sent me exactly the type of grind for a reusable Keurig pod. I said I like light roast coffees. I like them kind of citrusy and fruity. Bam, they send me light and fruity light roast coffees. And I loved everything they've sent so far. Now, though, we're getting to the point where I hope to start to get surprised because now we're starting to veer from here is exactly what we have that is exactly what you talked about liking. Now we're going to broaden your horizons out a little bit. So my next one that's coming in, they're like, look, we know you told us that you like citrusy. We're going to give you something kind of mellow and smooth. See if you like it. I'm fired up to try it out. I think it's going to be great. It's from a cool New York coffee company called Joe. It's their flavor called Amsterdam. I love bicycles and bridges, so I have every faith in this. That's one of the advantages of working with a company that has a bunch of people testing hundreds of different flavors and types and varieties of coffee because they're going to know how to match you up with not only what you already like, but what you might like so you can expand your horizons with different types of coffee adventures. Yeah, and there's no worry about it because if I don't like a coffee that they match me with, all I have to do is get a new bag sent for free. They'll send me one that I like, but I've yet to come across one I don't like. I defy you, Trade Coffee, to find something I don't like and send it to me. Challenge extended and challenge accepted. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash we got this. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash we got this and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash we got this for $30 off. 
That's right. No, that's wrong. No, I was going to just reiterate what you said. It wasn't no. wrong. It was right. No. Drinktrade.com slash we got this for $30 off. Now on with the show. Hey, it's John Moe, host of Depression Mode, a podcast about people's mental health journeys. Guess who we got? Guess who? It's Jamie Lee Curtis. I look at life now as the game of guess who, which is simply the process of elimination. I know what I don't like. That's how I found out who I am. Jamie Lee Curtis on addiction, show business, and fooling people, all on Depression Mode from Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, I'm just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a one hundred percent happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. Easter la vista, Gagliardi. We're back. We'll be back. I said we'd be back in my head, and we are back. Everybody, it turns out Kevin Pollock was Cupid in the Santa Claus too. There you go. Another movie is in. He's in every movie. And every movie that has him is better for it. Absolutely true. Do you remember that movie Hop? That was the, there, there's a lot, not a ton of, uh, yes. Easter Bunny movies, but that was a fun that. one. Yeah. He was a drummer. The Easter Bunny was a drummer. The Easter See, Bunny is not interesting enough. I mean, a bunny exactly. laying eggs is not even interesting enough that they're like, how do we make this character interesting? Yeah. They're like, I don't wanna, know. Make him a drummer. Do you want to do the story of the Easter Bunny and just make the Easter Bunny a character? No. What if, it, what if it's, um, what is that movie with Miles Teller where he's, where he goes to school for jazz? Whiplash. Drumming? It's a whiplash. Let's make yeah. a whiplash with bunnies. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah, it's holiday whiplash is that movie. Hop. Paws are bleeding. Look, I, people normally, when you think of holiday mascots, or when I think of holiday mascots, yeah. I think obviously of Santa first, and the Easter Bunny's the second one that pops into my head. Sure. Natural. Because they're both really big. You know, these impressions for holiday mascots, like for adult, even adults who are really into them, I, I think that comes from something in childhood. So sure. in childhood, even for me, who doesn't celebrate either of those, Having mm-hmm. an Easter basket and the Easter bunny or Santa Claus at Christmas time, those had meaning and those are really their Q scores are through the roof with children. So yeah. those are the things that carry along. And for good reason, you're not thinking of Cupid when you're a kid because falling in love with anybody is gross, but you sure do like a basket full of candy. You sure do like gifts. So those things yeah. are geared to not indoctrinate, but encourage children to celebrate the holiday and bring them in and have a cherished memory. And I'm all for cherished memories. Absolutely. Don't hurt other people. I still remember some Easter baskets that I got from the Easter Bunny as a kid. Yeah. Here's the thing I think that makes the Easter Bunny stand out over Cupid. Yeah. With Cupid, Cupid hits you with his arrow, metaphorically, to inspire you to buy chocolates for your loved one well, your, really or by Valentine's you for your classmates at school to make you fall in love. Yes. Yeah. But the idea being love and then the gifts are exchanged between humans at the nudging of the holiday mascot in the case of Valentine's Day. In the case of Easter, the holiday mascot himself is or herself. I don't know if the Easter bunny is uh, themselves with their gender is themselves. They are the one that is bringing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is coming to you via like Santa and the Easter Bunny feel like, you know, brother sister mascots in that it's one brings you stuff and one brings you sweet treats. Generally, I, I mean, Cupid is is a disruptor. I think Cupid just makes randomly makes people fall in love. And we've said, OK, well, let's just imagine that it's a symbol of the love that I have for the, the person who I actually love. Yeah. The Easter Bunny is like, hey, I've got candy for you. For this holiday, that's the exciting part of it. And what's great about those things is even for me as a Jewish child who Mm -hmm. doesn't observe Easter in a religious sense, the cultural impact of mascots like the Easter Bunny are really potent. Like it meant something to me 
Like I didn't want to feel left out. I wanted a basket of candy too. So I got baskets of candy and yeah, Easter bunny knew Easter bunny was like, Hal wants a basket of candy too. Well, it doesn't necessarily celebrate East chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> that kid's well, always got a what chocolate was your, state around, around his face. What was your favorite Easter candy that you received? It's still there too. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the chocolate category, I love a Cadbury's yeah. cream egg. In fact, yeah. I have as an adult, you know, the great thing, kids, when you're an adult, and also the dangerous thing is that you can now use the money that you earn to buy candy, including a yeah. time when I had, I think, like 20 to 30 Cadbury cream eggs in my fridge. This was years ago. I just bought Did them, you, put them in the fridge so they'd stay, and then I would eat them. At like, And you don't put chocolate in the fridge generally, but I would do that. The other is jelly beans. I'll take the jelly beans. I'll pour yeah. them into a bowl. I'll pick out all the black licorice and throw them in the garbage where they belong. And then have a sweet treat that I can enjoy that I eat yeah. in color order. I like the little bird's nests too. the little green bird's nests that you would find the little jelly beans in. Did you uh-huh. did the Easter bunny do that where you live? I got, I got bags. <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, I'm always a big fan of peeps. Love me some peeps. Peeps are great. Sure. For me, it was always, you know, pop them open, take them out of the plastic, leave them on top of the fridge for a day or so. Peeps jerky way better. But also. That little milk carton of uh, Whoppers. Yeah, I love my, the, the eggs, Robin's eggs. Yeah. Yes. They were like Whoppers, but they were uh, Easter eggs. They're great. Love, love Robin's eggs. Yeah. Then there are two, they're the two main chocolate eggs. One is the Cadbury chocolate eggs with the candy mm-hmm. coating, and the other is the Hershey chocolate eggs with the candy coating. Now, the big difference mm-hmm. between the two is the Hershey eggs have a shiny, smooth coat, and the Cadbury eggs have a powdery coat that's a little rougher. And yeah. when you're in a relationship and later marry the woman, it's very important. Mm-hmm. When she likes one brand of those eggs more than the other to remember which one it is. And sometimes it takes several years and a lot of like appreciative that you've gone to the Mm -hmm. effort, but also like the disappointment of it's the wrong one. You know which one it is for it to finally get hammered in. How many times have you said the phrase, wait, this isn't your favorite one, but it's from Pennsylvania. (laughs) Exactly. I don't understand. But no, she's she, like, she I like the, the Cadbury Hershey. ones. You're no, like, no, she, oh, she the Hershey's are the ones. She loves the Hershey ones. Yes. There you so go. She has Fresh exit. milk. That's the deal. She obviously loves things from Pennsylvania. Yeah, clearly. But now it's to the point where I can joke and say, I got you the Cadbury eggs that you like, and then listen to the silence on the other end of the phone. Because it's Amazing. only funny to one of us. Let's move on from the Easter Bunny. I don't yeah. think the Easter Bunny is going to beat Santa Claus because I don't, the, know if the, I don't think the backstory and the myth of the Easter Bunny. If you have no. to make a movie where you turn the Easter bunny into a drummer, then <laughs> probably not the most amusing or enriching. Yeah. But thank you for the candy Easter bunny. Appreciate it every year. Yeah. Let's jump ahead to the yeah. 4th of July. Uncle Sam invented by the same guy that invented both the elephant and the donkey as the symbols of the Republican and democratic parties. But and also cartoonist. the same uh, and the same cartoonist, that really codified and was the first one to let us know what Santa looks like. Thomas Nast drew the first real depictions of Santa Interpretation Claus. of Santa. Interpre- interpretations of There's Santa. A lot of interpretations. The- we don't know how accurate, like we haven't seen Santa in person. So sure. We don't know how accurate these are. We know in general what we're told that Santa was. Right, but it was the but- Thomas Nast version of Santa. Yes. As depicted by him that became the norm at least in the United States. Yeah. And so Uncle Sam was a character created by the same person. Yeah, he's I'm apparently he it. just wants you to join the army. Yeah, Uncle Sam's a little bit too militaristic for my yeah. personal tastes. I think like a holiday. What was the song you sang? Come on down to Jingoism Junction. <laughs> oh, the sketch that I wrote years ago? Yeah. Oh I wrote that's one of the first times we met. You know that? I was like, that sketch is really, really funny. Oh, Who wrote goodness. that? Oh, it's this guy, Hal. <laughs> Yeah, I was a oh fan. Goodness. Look, I was a fan before we were friends, pal. Oh my goodness! I'm yeah. now I'm blushing. I feel I don't, don't even blush. know what to. Well, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good sketch. I like. Thank it. you. Thank you. It was a fun one to write. Yeah, but it's not yeah. Uncle Sam is not going to win. No, it's yeah. too tied to. And Uncle Sam is used for other things. The Easter Bunny is yeah. about Easter. Cupid has has other uses too. Like Punxsutawney Phil is just a groundhog. Yeah, when he or she is not prognosticating the weather like uncle sam is is more tied into patriotism and everything i don't consider him the mascot of fourth of july i would consider oh you don't him the mascot of patriotism in general no you know who is the mascot of fourth of july 
Sam Stilt Eagle. Uncle Sam. Oh, Stilt. <laughs> Stilt Uncle Sam. There's uh, every time you see Stilt Uncle Sam, it's at a Fourth uh, of July parade. Is there so, anything more... regular Uncle Sam fine? Stilt Uncle Sam is awesome. Don't you find anytime you see someone on stilts walking around at like a fair or a celebration, a tinge of anxiety because they always look like they're trying to get out of a pool. Like they're doing that wave <laughs> walk because that's all you can do safely. And yeah, like it's just a matter of time before the joke in Billy Madison about the clown on the stilts actually comes true. Oh, so yeah. I it just I, I'm always uneasy. Maybe of it's course you are. Discuss in therapy of like I am delighted I by people it. on stilts. I love them. I like I the stilts. idea of it, but then when I see it, I'm like, oh, that just. The way they're walking doesn't make it. It always yeah. looks to me like someone's on stilts for the first time. Yeah. I guess I've been around stilts so much working mm. in theme parks. So I'm yeah. around characters on stilts constantly. And they're like fancy articulated. And I know how locked into those things are. It's not like in the movies where, you know, a dog just takes two poles and climbs up on top of them to get onto the other side of a fence. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's and not it quite that version. Yeah, exactly. Like they're trying to go and they're trying to yeah. get really, they're really fast. <laughs> but there's another character with a saw that's sawing their stilts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not Uncle Sam. What's the next holiday after that? Halloween? Are we up I to Halloween we, already? I think we have to go to, to Halloween. We're up to where we are right now. We're in that weird no man's land with no holidays. Yeah. There's a cool Halloween. There's a, I feel like there's a few cool Halloween mascots. Okay. And they've all come out of the movies. Go ahead. So I'd say that one that I think is really interesting is Sam. You know, Sam, uh, Sam Hain, uh, S, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. S-A-M-H-A-I-N, which is the name of the pagan festival or Celtic festival, I think, on which, around which, yeah. uh, Halloween is based. Yes. Exactly. So Sam first showed up in a short film in 1995, I think. And then, but it was the movie Trick or Treat. And Sam, yeah. Is basically just a kid with like a burlap pumpkin head who, yeah. if you do not respect his holiday, will mess you up. That's the whole hook. And it was, I mean, obviously it's invented as a cheap slasher movie and not a ton of people know this character. I just mention it to be like, you know, check it out. This is an interesting holiday mascot that I think someone was trying to really make the mascot of that holiday, but it didn't happen. Not nearly as successfully as tim burton well created jack skellington you know it's interesting for me i don't think of jack skellington as a halloween mascot as i think of him as an enduring halloween character the, the okay. things i think of as halloween mascots are like a pumpkin a witch a skeleton a vampire sure. a frankenstein but there is uh, uh, one... uh, don't even say a it frankenstein's monster how? i quit again i quit again <laughs> <laughs> there is one character who yeah. I think is the only mascot, proper mascot for Halloween that I can think of that that I would put in the class of an Easter Bunny, a Santa Claus, a Punxsutawney Phil, a Cuban. Was Linus waiting for him in a field? Linus, we don't even know what he looks like. Yeah. But yeah, the sincere children are brought gifts. If, if you go wait in a pumpkin patch for the great pumpkin. I love the idea that it's not the good kids or the bad kids. It's the sincere children. Well, if you think about it, what does being sincere imply? It implies being honest, honest. Yeah. That you're all the things that look, I feel like you and I are both guys that we value the character traits of a character like Linus. Sure. And because the great pumpkin is a character potentially from the imagination of Linus. That is a character that appeals to good guys. Let me ask you something. Okay. And this is not, I don't think, an episode for another time. We could talk about best Mm -hmm. Peanuts character at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Which Peanuts character do you identify with the most? Linus. I carried a blanket my entire early childhood. Because you carried a blanket? That's why? That was the primary reason. But I also found Linus to be the most optimistic of the bunch. And the one I would most like to be around. So funny. I think of you as more of a Snoopy than a Linus. Oh, I guess I'm I thinking think, of, the, of the humans. I'm thinking of the humans. When I, well, when I think of Linus, I think of someone who is anxious, like outwardly anxious and mm-hmm. always like wrestling, like 
Linus is really wrestling with philosophical questions. He and Charlie Brown both. He's a little probably yeah. maybe got it figured out a little bit more because he's aware of his. Well, he, yeah, he is working it out, but he's also an optimist in it. I think in the way sure. that Charlie Brown is like, this is going to go terribly. Linus yeah. is always, uh, 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 this could go very well. I think of you as more of a Snoopy. I'll tell you why. Not, I'm not saying you're. Wrong. I was only thinking why. that I, I am honored to hear that because. Like, if I was doing You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, the only character I'd want to play is Snoopy. Well, sure. Great role. But the reason why I think of you, Snoopy, is I think fearless and imaginative Aww. and willing to just go out there and do whatever and not really care what anybody else thinks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. And you sleep on top of your home. I do sleep on top of my home. And the only thing I ever say is, ah, ah. And I always dress up as an astronaut on Thanksgiving. <laughs> sure. Why wouldn't you? Sure. Oh, that's yeah, like I, I, of course, I think of the Great Pumpkin as that's the only real Halloween mascot, like named Halloween mascot I can think of. Yeah, I mean the Jack O' Lantern is specifically, is you know the story of the Jack O' Lantern, which is originally a turnip, like this Mm -hmm. the soul it was forced to carry it around, like that's Jack O' Lantern, like it's a person, right? It was like some who it was based on a believe his name was Jack. Yes, yes, and he was wandered. In eternity with a turnip with a candle in it to light. I've also heard the headless horseman described as a Halloween mascot. Would you buy into that or no? I think of him as a Halloween story, sort of like Rudolph, who I don't think of as much of a mascot of the holidays. I do think of a story of the holiday, like a tale we tell. Come gather and hear the tale of Frosty the Snowman. He'll hear the tale of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Here's the story of Ichabod Crane and the headless horseman. Yeah. Do we think that out of all of them so far, that the great pumpkin might rival Santa Claus. He certainly feels the most Santa-like in terms yeah. of like we don't even know what his power set is. You know, yeah, we know nothing about him. Yeah, so I think his mystery might might help him. That's a surprising one. Yeah, so we really only have one other major holiday left. Yeah, uh, with like one mascot-filled holiday. There are other major holidays that were. And that would be Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think there is actually a mascot for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I think it is a real human being that actually lived and existed that was born roughly 1585, died roughly 1622. Uh huh. And that's Squanto. Mm. That is the Native American that saved the first European colonists in North America. Because he saved them by teaching them how to work the land, they were able to, for a very brief time, have a bit of harmony. Now, the the story of Thanksgiving that we all hear is utter BS, obviously. Of course, yes. But the character of Squanto is not. He was a real person, and he had learned English, I think, from some British soldiers from, like, up in Canada, I think, when the British had first come into Canada. Mm-hmm. But I think of all the holiday mascots, I think we can't talk about Thanksgiving without giving a shout out to the one Native American of the Patuxet tribe who, for better or worse, saved the Europeans that had shown up on his land. For sure. I appreciate the mention. I think that we can try to find the diamond in the rough. Yeah. That is Thanksgiving. So as a historical moment, Thanksgiving is a mess. As a holiday, Thanksgiving is a blast because it's not about presents. It's about a big meal with your friends or your family or whoever your loved ones are having a great big meal, celebrating the things that you love, then watching some football in the afternoon or watching a dog show, whatever your thing is. Yeah. Or watching a movie. Do whatever you want. They usually, I like that. Or just falling asleep on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. And they usually play, uh, there's either a good movie on that night on TV or something to bring everybody together around the television. But yeah, I think as far as a mascot goes, we have to give a shout out to Squanto. That said, we are moving now into the Christmas season. And boy, are there a lot of Christmas mascots we could talk about. Sure. There's Belschnickel. There's Krampus. Belschnickel. I knew you'd say Belschnickel first. Do you know why, Hal? Because do you know... Where Belschnickel first appeared in the United States? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Dutch German. country. Yes, yeah. yes. Pennsylvania The Germans Dutch. brought us a lot of cool holiday stuff. Yes, The Christmas tree was German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A lot of traditions here came from German immigrants, mm-hmm. especially related to Christmas. 
and Christmas has had, there is a version, uh, you know, like Santa's got like a friends network. There are a lot mm-hmm. of Santa like or versions of Santa sure. and shout and out to Santa legends. Lucia. Yes. Uh, Santa in, Lucia. Uh, Northern Italy and Santa Nicholas. Yeah. Dead Moroz, Grandfather Frost, which is the Slavic equivalent. You've got Grilla in Iceland. You've got Father Whipper in uh, Père Fluetard in France. Yeah. This, he's more of an enforcer. He's an enforcer along the lines of a Krampus. Let's talk about Krampus a little. Sure. The one who carries a switch. Yeah. If Santa is the good guy, Krampus is the villain. Yeah. Well, Krampus is there to punish wicked children. Yeah. And there's also like, there are versions of Krampus. Like there's, uh, Owen Zero from, uh, which is, uh, in Basque communities, who's mm-hmm. like this overweight guy who wears a beret and pipe, dresses like a farmer and is beloved and brings gifts to everyone. But originally the legend was, that he went around town with a sickle, cutting the throats of people who ate too much on Christmas Eve. So there's that always is like terrifyingly specific. Mm-hmm. Olent Zero is such a terrifyingly specific tale because it's not you've been bad all year. Yeah, it's not you're a bad person and you don't deserve treats on Christmas. It's no, you ate too much at one meal, and it was Christmas Eve, man. It was Christmas Eve dinner. Are you going to insult Grandma by not having seconds of her mashed potatoes? No. You're going to get seconds on the mashed potatoes and she's going to smile and be excited about it. And then this guy's going to come by with a sickle and he's going to cut your throat. Well, yeah. I mean, there are also characters like uh, if you don't have new clothes, you're going to get punished. Yeah. Like there are a lot of rules and you got to wonder who created these. But I I feel like this wouldn't be complete if we didn't talk about Tio de Nadal. Yes. December 8th. Character. Every December 8th, we have the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, and in Catalan families, they host a tío, which is a small hollow log propped up on two legs with a little face and put a blanket over the back. And then the hole has, there's a hole in the back, and then the note, you can remove the nose in the front, and you put mm-hmm. a few bits of food in there. You put some candy, some nuts, a little fruit, something like mm-hmm. that. And on Christmas, this thing's loaded up. The last thing that goes in is either a head of garlic or an onion. And the family sits together singing and smacking the log with sticks so that it will poop out all of the treats. That's right. Cagatio or pooping log. Yes. So you beat a log with sticks until it craps treats everywhere for you to eat. And when it passes the onion or garlic, you know you're done. (laughs) This is, I kind of want to add this to my holiday traditions now. Sure. I want a Tio de Nadal so badly. It's so specific and there, yeah. there are adorable and it's kind of like a, like, I mean, I don't know. I kind of want to hear all the songs. I kind of want an album of like Andy Williams singing yeah. songs about Cagatillo. Sing me some Cagatillo tunes. I feel like Cagatillo is like up in Northern Europe. They were creating the Yule log and down in the groovy world of Catalonia, they were like, Oh, you have a Yule log. Watch this. Are you log poops candy? <laughs> yeah. I love me some cagatillo. Yeah. But I don't think anyone, Hal. Yeah. I don't think anyone can compare. The second you said it, the second you said, we're going to talk about holiday mascots. You knew the answer. There is one character that sits at the head of the table. And that character wears a big red suit. Yeah. And he has a big white beard. Yeah. And he comes down your chimney once a year. Uh-huh. Hal. David Ogden Styers. <laughs> Doing his Cogsworth voice. In Doc Holiday, specifically. Hal, let's talk about him. People, of the Do world, we need to talk about him? No, people of the world, you knew the answer as soon as you heard the question. Sometimes it's fun to just take a walk through the year. It's fun to talk. I like to pick. I'm famously like if you hear topic where you feel like you know the answer right away and it just becomes a lot of Mark and I getting into uh rabbit holes. Those are generally ones that I've picked because I like the fun of the rabbit holes we go down. I never know where it's going to wind up. And it's also like a simple. Sometimes it's fun to go into it knowing I think we know what the answer is, but let's just see what else is out there. And we knew in this case that our friend in the North Pole who brings presents to all the good boys and girls around the world and does it all in one night as a whole city of elves working to build things 
or at least help with the logistics and get stuff from Walmart and Target and local toy shops out to the places that they need to go. It's Santa Claus. Santa Claus is the greatest holiday mascot. And I say that as, again, as someone who grew up not observing Christmas, I still got to participate. I still felt welcomed by Santa. I still felt like I could enjoy that part of it. And that is a big deal. Santa can be as inclusive as we want him to be. Yeah. And he's the greatest holiday mascot. He is the most recognizable. Coca-Cola is not using Cupid to sell their drinks, not using the Great Pumpkin. They're certainly not using Uncle Sam. Not regularly. I'm sure they have. But Santa Claus. Santa Claus helps sell soda because we trust Santa Claus. We love Santa Claus. Santa Claus is the best holiday mascot asked and answered. Sorry, pooping log. Oh, Cagatillo, you were a close third. Yes. Behind the Great Pumpkin. TGP. Yeah. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or hey. How about you head over to the Facebook group, just mosey on over there, and we can talk about all the holiday mascots that you love that we haven't talked about. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who hosts shows of his own you should be checking out, including a bit of a chat with Ken Plume and Force 5, on which I was honored to be a recent guest. You can check out all of his stuff at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Thank you also to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. Look, you know that Hal and I are holiday people. We are people that celebrate Christmas. We knew that Santa Claus was going to come in with the win on this one. But if I may quote one of my all-time heroes, Kermit the Frog, I don't know if you believe in Christmas or if you have presents underneath a Christmas tree. But if you believe in love, that will be more than enough for you to come and celebrate with me. Thank you for celebrating the holidays with me and Hal today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.